the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I wonder if any of us here today could be guilty of being a people of God that are unwilling to listen to Him. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Now here's Pastor Steve with today's Core Truth. I entitled this message, Looking Around. Let's look at our point, his return. Let's read what he says here in Matthew 24, verse 32. He says, now, learn the parable from the fig tree. Now, this is going to be extremely interesting here. He says, learn the parable from the fig tree when its branch has already become tender and he puts forth its leaves. You know that summer is near. So you too, when you see all these things, recognize that he, talking about himself, is near, right at the door. Truly say to you, this generation will not pass away until these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Now, Jesus answers a question before the disciples can even ask it. When is this going to happen? Because we're talking about all kinds of things with the end times here. But like, when's it going to happen? I mean, it's like, 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 when when do you think it's going to happen? When will all these things happen? So Jesus gives us a parable here. Now, Remember, a parable is an earthly story that has a heavenly meaning, okay? Now, the best way to unlock the meaning of this parable is by using the best commentary you can get on the Bible, which just happens to be the Bible. So the Bible is the best commentary for the Bible. Know this, the fig tree throughout Scripture represents Israel. In Matthew 21, remember when Jesus cursed the fig tree? Why? Because it didn't have any fruit on it. That was symbolic, a symbolic reference to the nation of Israel. You know, why? How? Well, back in the Old Testament book of Hosea, chapter 9, verse 10, God looked at the forefathers as fruit on a fig tree. Yet Israel had fallen so far out of God's will when Jesus was walking here on earth that they no longer bore any fruit or had any visible sign of knowing him. That's why they rejected him, the leaders, as their Messiah and had him crucified. So Jesus went on to curse Israel's leaders. He said, you guys are vipers. You're like whitewashed tombs filled with dead men's bones. He wasn't cursing the Jewish people as a whole. 
He, you know, because those are his chosen people. They're the apple of his eye. He was cursing the religious leaders for they were no longer leading and guiding God's people. Jesus said this in Matthew 23, 37. He says, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together and you were unwilling. Behold, your house is being left to you desolate. Okay, so I wonder if any of us here today could be guilty of the very same thing. Being a people of God that are unwilling to listen to God because that's what Israel had turned into. Or even worse, rejecting Jesus as the Savior of the world. But let me ask you, do you have any doubts about if God is real or not? Well, one of the many ways that you can be encouraged is by the accuracy of everything that's predicted in the Bible. Consider what Jesus said in Matthew 24, 2, in response to the disciples admiring the temple in Jerusalem. He says, not one stone will be left upon another which will not be torn apart. Now, the disciples probably looked at Jesus and said, yes, Lord, that is a really deep statement. But in reality, they didn't have a clue what he was talking about. Because you're looking at one of the wonders of the world at the time, which was the temple built in Israel on the Temple Mount. And they're just thinking like, what? That right there, this temple of just maximum awesome beauty is going to be tore apart. One stone will not be left upon another. But Jesus was God in the flesh. And as the creator, he spoke with truth and accuracy because only God knows the future. And he knew that in 37 short years that Rome was going to invade Israel and the temple would be burned to the ground. Now, it was built with many stones. And by the way, Rome did not set it on fire. It was the religious priests that set it on fire because they did not want the Romans to come in and, you know, enter the temple and desecrate the temple. So they set the thing on fire. Now, why was it torn apart? Well, the Romans did tear it apart stone by stone. But the reason they tore it apart was when they set it on fire, all the beams and the doors on the inside were coated with pure gold. That's what they did with the temple. They quote, they coated many things with pure gold. So when they caught on fire, it all melted and went down and sapped into the very foundation stones, into the very cracks of the stones. So the Romans had it completely dismantled so that they could, you know, extract all the gold from those stones. So it was tore apart, completely apart, just like what Jesus said. 37 years uh, earlier. And the Jewish people, they fled from their homeland and they were dispersed throughout the world. So think about it. That happened in 70 AD. The Israelites like, you no longer have a country. It'd be like, it'd be like China coming over, attacking America and driving us all out. 
And, you know, some of us are in Belgium. Some of us are, you know, in Luxembourg. Some of us are in Peru. Some, I mean, it would just be like, man, we all got to get out of Dodge, and you're just getting out of here any way that you can. So that's what happened to the Israelites. You know, so again, this was a direct, you know, reference to the fig tree. Why? Because many Bible scholars, including myself, believe that the fig tree is Israel. You know, getting back to the parable here, how is the rebutting of the fig tree? Well, the rebutting of the fig tree is the fact that Israel was dispersed, completely taken away. People are all over the world, all the Jews. But he says there in this parable that there's going to be a rebutting of the fig tree. So the fig tree is going to come back to life again, really. And as you know, you know, on May 14th, 1948, after the Holocaust in World War II, where six million Jews were senselessly slaughtered, the world had compassion on the Jewish people. And for the first time in 1878 years, they were granted their own homeland, Israel, back again. Is this the rebutting of the fig tree that he's referring to in Matthew 24 from written from 2,000 years ago? See, the Old Testament book of Ezekiel also, which was written 700 years before Jesus was even born, records this happening in a vision of dry bones. Listen to how God explains this vision in Ezekiel 37, picking up in verse 11, it says, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up and our hope has perished. Wouldn't you say that if you had lost your country and you were dispersed all throughout the whole world, this nation of people, this this people group, like we would be Americans, we don't have America anymore, we're all over the world. It's like all of a sudden the Jews are saying, oh my goodness, we have no hope. You know, our bones are dried up and our hope has perished. We are completely cut off. Verse 12 says, thus says the Lord God, behold, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves, my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel. Jump into verse 14, it says, and I will put my spirit within you and you will come to life and I will place you on your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and done it. Now, some Bible scholars will say, well, this was written about this, you know, when they went into captivity in Babylon for 70 years. But I refute that. And many Bible scholars refute that. He's not talking about that because he's talking about the last days. As he goes into Ezekiel 38, the very next chapter, he's talking about the last days. Plus, another point here is that when they came back out of Babylon after being there for 70 years because of their own rebellion through, you know, Nehemiah and Ezra and rebuilding the walls and coming back into their own nation, the Holy Spirit of God did not fall on all of them. Here he's talking about all of them being filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit did not come and descend upon the earth to fill God's people until after the day of Pentecost. It was the day of Pentecost after Jesus died and resurrected from the dead. 
That's when the Holy Spirit came. So this cannot be the Babylonian exile for 70 years. He's talking about what was going to happen in the last days here. So again, that reference of being filled with the Holy Spirit, it could not have happened any time sooner than the day of Pentecost, where God's people would embrace Jesus. This reminds me again what he says in 1 Corinthians 3.16. He says, do you not know that you are the temple of God and the spirit of God dwells in you? So this has to be after the day of Pentecost. This is nothing short of incredible to say the least. And what did Jesus go on to say about this amazing event? Matthew 24, 34 says, truly I say to you, this generation will not pass until all these things take place. So he's talking about the rebutting of the fig tree, the rebirth of the nation Israel, and then you'll see the coming of the son of man. So this will not happen until that generation. So, so the generation of people is what he's saying is the generation of people that see the rebutting of the fig tree are going to see the coming of the Son of Man. So when you're talking about like, well, when will Jesus come? Well, no one knows the day or the hour, but of the season we can know. And he's telling us here that the people that see the rebirth of the nation of Israel will see the coming of the Son of Man. So All right, so what's the generation of people then? Well, you go to Psalm chapter 90, and it talks about a generation of people being 70 years, or if they live long, 80 years. And we know some people live past 80 years, some people live till they're 100. Well, 70 years would have been 2018. Well, he didn't come back then. Well, 80 years would be 2028. Maybe he's just talking about someone that's going to live 100 years old. Maybe it could be another 20 years. The point is, we're we're there. We are right there. The Lord could come back at any moment. All these events could fall into place at any moment. Because the people that saw the rebirth of the nation of Israel, there's still many of them that are alive. And they will see the coming of the Lord Jesus. And then Jesus said in verse 35, that heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. He says, this is going to come down like I said it's going to come down. Meaning, we can take this to the bank. It will happen just as Jesus said it would happen. But when again will this happen exactly? Well, we will never know the exact day, which brings up our final point. His reminder. Let's pick up and read what he says here in verse 36. He says, But of the day and the hour, no one knows. You're not going to know the day or the hour. You're not going to know it's Tuesday at 2 o'clock. It's Monday at midnight. No, you're not going to know the day or the hour. Not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. For the coming of the Son of Man will be just like the days of Noah. For in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. And they did not understand until the flood came and took them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Okay, so he gives us another huge insight of when he's coming by not telling us when he's coming. So he says, well, I'm not going to tell you. Because no one knows but the Father. 
but it'll be just like the days of Noah. Oh, okay. You gave us some more insight there. Okay, so we won't know the day or the hour, but we will know by what he said. He says, we can know that it will happen somewhere along like in Noah's time. So Jesus gives us this big hint in verse 37. It'll be like Noah's day. Jesus said in verse 38 that they were partying, that they were eating and drinking. They were marrying and divorcing. Jesus chose not to go deeper there, but Noah's day was filled with perversion as you go back and read it in Genesis. God said that the wickedness of man was so great, he says this in Genesis, that every thought of man was evil. He says there was no thoughts from me. It was just all evil. Peter told us that Noah was a preacher of righteousness. It took a hundred years to build the ark. Obviously, they lived longer back then. They lived six, seven, eight hundred years old back then. But it took a hundred years to build the ark. Yet there was not even one person who repented outside of Noah's immediate family. We look at the world today, and what do we see? We see the exact lifestyle that was going on in Noah's day. We see sexual perversion. It's encompassed the entire globe. I mean, pornography and everything just completely consumed the world, which has been closely followed by abortion, killing all the unwanted pregnancies that happen through all the sexual escapades that are happening. And again, as you know, just here in America, we have aborted 61 million babies. That's the entire population of California, Oregon, Washington, Nevada, and Arizona. I mean, these numbers are staggering, staggering numbers, all because of sexual perversion. We have an alarming amount of people who divorce, and that's exactly what Jesus mentioned here, that this is not just a problem in America where we have over 50% of all marriages end up in divorce. He says it'll be everyone will be marrying and getting divorced. It's a global problem. There are many countries that are even worse than us, if you can imagine that. Belgium has 71% divorce rate. Think about that. It's like three quarters of people that get married in Belgium don't stay married. Hungary is at 67%. Portugal is over 68%. And these are conservative numbers, by the way, because I pulled up two different stats, and the other one had all of these nations even higher. One of them had Portugal at like 80%. So I don't know what the real number is. These are the lower of the numbers. But it's crazy numbers, to say the least. And like Jesus said, we cannot know the day or the hour, but we can know the season. So when you take all of these points and you put them together and you look at what's happening in the world today, how could you not say like, oh my goodness, this is exactly what Jesus said would happen. And we're living it right now. So, you know, you have to understand what Jesus says is truth. Everything that comes out of his mouth. So it's like when he says, look at these things. When you see this happen, know that the coming of the Lord is near. So you could say like a hundred years ago in America, a hundred years ago in the world, 
So imagine it being back to, to 1921. What do you think the divorce rate was in 1921? Next to nothing. So when people will say back in 1921, oh, Jesus is coming back. You know, he could come back any day. It's like, uh, no. I don't think so. Just for that one point alone. Plus, Israel had not become a nation again. The rebutting of the fig tree had not happened. So, you know, like people is like, no, he, he's not. But now looking at our world today, it's like, oh, yes. Jesus said, we cannot know the day, but we can know the season. We can know that. We're getting closer and closer to that glorious day when the Lord will descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of the archangel with a trumpet of God. And Jesus Christ will meet us first in the clouds when the rapture of the church happens. That's when the apostasy you know, comes to a head. And that's when the apocalypse will start the seven-year tribulation period. Which, as we have seen tonight, again, Jesus will return at the end of that seven years and we'll be with him. You know, and he'll have a new heaven and a new earth, and we will rule and reign with him. So where does this leave us as we end here? Well, it should burn in our heart to every believer to reach out and, again, speak these truths to those that are around us, that we come in contact with. Now, some will say, you're crazy. Listen, I've been talking about Bible prophecy ever since I became a believer. And I mean, I was witnessing the people, I mean, back in the early 80s and in the late 70s and telling them that Jesus is coming back. And they're looking at me like, you're nuts. And he hasn't come back yet. That was 40 some odd years ago. But you know what? It's like we were still, you could see where we were at, and you could still say, like, man, oh, my goodness, it is, it is happening. I mean, we are getting closer. Like, okay, so he hasn't come back in the last 40 years that I started preaching, right? But get this. It's like when you look at the whole of humanity, it's like if, if the whole of humanity is figured in this, we're in this. We're at the end. It's, it, that's it. So what, 40 years on the whole humanity, is, it's this. And it's like, and when I look back now and I think to myself, man, I thought by, man, we're not going to make it past 1985. I remember in 1980 when, when Russia invaded Afghanistan. Oh, my goodness. It's like, oh, man, because I believe Russia is going to somehow invade Israel in the end. And it could be because Israel takes out Iran, and Iran has a connection with Russia as their ally. That means Russia would be in tune to come in and help defend Iran if Israel decides to take out their nuclear aspirations. And then it says that, that Israel will, uh, will be uh, attacked by this country of Gog and Magog. Which is, you know, the chief principle of the country that is north of the Black and Caspian Sea, which is modern day Russia. And they come down upon them like a cloud to cover the land. And it says God intervenes for them and God will completely destroy them. And I believe that's what, exactly what's going to happen, just like it says. Yes, but we should be moved to share with people not just about Bible prophecy, but that God loves him and there's hope that can be found in him. You know, and, and there's so many failed hopes and dreams of people in this day where people have just lost it. Again, our suicide rate is astronomical right now in our country. You know, the world can leave us so empty and lost. Let us be, you and me, 
believers, bearers of good news to those who are lost and hurting. Let us be the bearers of joy to those who have fallen into these devastating times that we live in now. Let us be the bearers of love to those who have been kicked to the curb of life. Amen. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app. Core Truth is sponsored by and is a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you've been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA, all one word, to 77977. You can also give via our app and online at corechurchla.org. Or you can mail your support to P.O. Box 34. 34- 789 Los Angeles, California 90034 Hi ladies, welcome to Open My Eyes. I'm Lori Wilburn. Psalm 92:5 says, "How great are your works, O Lord! Your purposes are very deep." It's easy to praise God when things are going well, but what about when things are going oh so wrong? Sometimes we can get blindsided by a job loss or a devastating diagnosis. Perhaps you live with a loved one who's battling addiction. Often that little voice in our head tells us, I never thought that following Christ would look like this. Beloved, there are going to be many circumstances in our lives when our trust in God's work will be tested. Elizabeth Elliot said, Either we are adrift in chaos, or we are individuals created, loved, upheld, and placed purposefully exactly where we are. Can you believe that? Can you trust God for that? To learn more, visit my blog at corechurchla.org. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.